Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Now, the month of April is the month of Easter that we celebrate the resurrection of Christ Jesus. The cross represents the price of purpose. Jesus had to go through it. So for us as a church, our theme for this month is the cost. For every divine plan, divine purpose, divine call on each of us, there is a price. And because Jesus survived the cross, you would survive your cross in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, during the month, we'll talk about different aspects, the price, the gain, and the pain of purpose. But I want us to please open up our hearts and please don't miss any of the services and God will bless you abundantly. This morning, I'd like to address a few people amongst us that have been overwhelmed or are currently being overwhelmed by the price and the cost of purpose. Let's bow down our heads to pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak to us. Lord, we present ourselves, we present our hearts, and we ask Heavenly Father, do that which you alone can do. Dig deep into our soul and deposit a word, a word of encouragement, a word of lifting for all of us and each of us and the people that are connected to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we have prayed together in Jesus' name. I found out, church, in my short while here on earth that every one of us were overwhelmed with various issues of life at different times. There's no human being at some point or the other that has not been overwhelmed with one burden or the other. I was speaking to my son this morning and we had a little robust discussion a few days ago. So he came to the room and was apologizing. Dad, I didn't, you know, I spoke to you roughly. I apologize for what I said. And he said the reason I lost control was because I had a bad day at school. So I took it out on you. For that moment, 
he was just overwhelmed by the, 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 the experience, what he had just gone through. So there are teenagers, young folks that are listening to me that for us parents, we look at them and we say, what have you seen in life? But the truth is, at their level, at their age, they get overwhelmed too. Everybody gets overwhelmed. In fact, when we look at scriptures, for example, in our text, Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, the book of Matthew 26, verse 38. The Bible told us, let me read the NIV version of the Bible, talking about Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one that is the foundation of our faith, the one we're celebrating in the month of April. The Bible says, then Jesus said to his disciples, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. This was the most anointed one, the most righteous one, the perfect man ever to walk the surface of the earth. He was overwhelmed. He was overcome with emotion. And he said to the point of committing suicide. So he said to his friends, please stay here with me. I need friends around me. Please stay with me. And he said the third thing, he said, watch out for me. New King James Version said, my, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful. There are some of us there are moments and seasons in our lives when we're alone. We look perfect on the outside. Everybody aspires to be like you. People tell you, when I grow up, I want to be like you. They don't know that you wish you were not you. So be careful what you confess. He said, I am exceedingly sorrowful. In New Living Translation, he said, my heart is crushed with grief. There are people whose hearts have been crushed. Crushed by disappointments. Crushed by people they had so much hope in. And their hopes were dashed. They had expectation that that interview would come through. That that job, I am sure I got it. And what you thought was already signed, sealed, and delivered, you got an email or a note saying, sorry, we chose someone else in your place. In the CSB version, Jesus said to his disciples, I am deeply grieved. don't know who I'm speaking with, whether in the past, in the present, or in the future. All these categories of people, the words used in these different versions of scripture, either describe what you've gone through in the past, what you are going through now. And for us, because there is a pain and a price and a cost for purpose, 
we would go through moments where we feel overwhelmed. God brought you here this morning so that you can receive grace to keep marching on despite it all. Never to give up on yourself. Give up hope in the place of hopelessness. The beauty of this verse of scripture, church, is the fact that at least Jesus had a group of people. When you read the preceding verses of scripture, the Bible told us in Matthew 26 that Jesus called his disciples together and he now called out of the 12. He called three that were special friends to him. And he said, these three friends, I want you to just be with me. Be here with me. Stay with me. At least Jesus had friends. Do you have friends you can call on? It's a deep statement, church. Because each of us and all of us, in fact, the human nature is wired such that we do not go through life without a true friend. And I'm not talking of your spouse. Because at times we, it's overrated. What we see in Hollywood. Oh, is my soul made. Oh, we never fight. In fact, we've never had an argument for 30 years. And you will say, wow, I want my marriage to be like that. Liar, liar, anointed liar. May God give you a true friend. Because the Bible told us, church, that Jesus, he, at least he had friends. So he said, come with me. And they came with him. He said, stay with me. And they stayed with him. But the Bible told us, church, he said, watch with me. Watch for me. Watch out for my good. Watch my back. You know how people, you, 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 you go to battle. Because you have a group of friends. You get into some endeavors because you have business partners. And when push comes to shove, the person that promised to watch your back. When you read the New Living Translation of that scripture, the Bible said they fell asleep because they could not keep their eyes open. It wasn't that they did not want to but they couldn't, New Living Translation says. They couldn't because they had human limitations. They were tired and exhausted and they slept off on Jesus. At the most pivotal moment when he needed their help. In fact, the only time I saw in scripture that he requested for the help of friends, they let him down. And they didn't let him down because they didn't want to. The spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. At best, man will be man. That's why the Bible says, woe to him that puts in trust in the arms of flesh. I'm saying this so that you don't get too broken hearted. When man disappoints. I'm saying this so that you don't go to your, 
go to your old age with gray ears in sorrow because the children you sacrificed all for never bothered to take care of you at old age. I'm saying this so that you do not be like my biological father. We grew up knowing my father and a few other friends. We could count them on one hand. There was one particular one that he had so much respect for. Should I give you gist? I knew the answer. <laughs> GCH, we love gist. Should I go? I thought the spiritual ones would say we want the word, not gist. Now let me tell you, we grew up saying, so let me give you gist. So my father had this group of very close friends. They drank together, partied together, we did Christmas together, all sorts of with their children and all. So in his will, in his dying days, he put this particular man to be the, the administrator of his will. What more level of trust? Because he believed that this one would carry on my intent, my thoughts, my purposes, and my legacy over my children. He trusted, he thought he had a friend. He believed he had a friend. My mother and all of us believed he was a friend. Until my father died. I can't recall when my dad died, but my wife would remember. But this is almost maybe 10 years. Do you know this man has done everything to sabotage the execution of the will of my father? He's collected bribe. I'm talking huge sums of money from my sisters, from my siblings. He's done everything. Up till today, they are now thinking of taking him to court because he would not hand over the property that his friend gave to him in trust to his friend's children. We thought when we were deliberating whether to give him, sorry for those who are not Africans, bribe is one envelope that you give. You know, the content of the envelope is usually not disclosed. You give it, your hand is in front, but your left hand is, you know, <clears throat> back door under the table kind of money. So we said, no, 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 this man, he's too honorable that he won't accept it when we even offer him. That was what we were. So there was a lot of back and forth. So my sister said, let's at least let him say no. Then we will know his honor is intact. He collected the bribe and... Then he started asking for more. May God give you a friend. I want us to bow down our heads and talk to God. Jesus had, at least he had the three. Because when we are overwhelmed with 
the cost and the challenges of pursuing purpose. We need friends that will stand with us, stand by us, and watch out for us. I want you to pray that God would give, that you won't go through life. You won't go through high school. You won't go through college alone. Man was not designed to walk through the journey of purpose alone. Just ask God, please give me true friends. And I want you to ask that God would expose those who are around you. That you assume are friends, but are enemies pretending to be friends, like my dad's friends. Unfortunately, he didn't know until, of course, he didn't know till he died. But for us, God will expose them while we are alive. Let's say amen and open our eyes in Jesus' name. So we're talking about seasons of being overwhelmed. In, let's talk about the lady called Esther. Esther chapter 5 verses 1 to 3. The Bible says, Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes. And she stood in the inner court of the king's palace across from the king's house while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house facing the entrance of the house. And so it was when the king saw Queen Esther. Now let me give us a backdrop to this story. Because the Bible said now it happened on the third day. The third day was not just the third day of her doing her makeup. The third day was the third day of carrying the burden of a nation. The third day was three days of agonizing thought, whether these were her last three days on earth. You know how a minute looks like an hour when you are waiting on something. So you can imagine that extended to a whole day, two days and three days. That was how the tension in this woman rose up. Because on that third day, if she stood before the king and she obstructed the king in the course of his duty, the judgment was instant. It was death. Straight up. There was no, no appeal, no adjudication, no represent nothing. It was death because the law was set. So you can imagine three days of preparing either to live or to die. So the Bible said on the third day, after she had told the whole nation of Israel to be fasting and she herself did not taste food. I'm talking about pressure. I'm talking about overwhelming pressure but she was born for such a day like that she was designed our purpose in that palace was for that time that moment that day it was the defining moment in her life yet it was the most crushing overwhelming moment in her life on the third day, she stood before the king. And the Bible said, when the king saw Queen Esther, she found favor in his sight. The tide turned from death to life. The tide turned 
from judgment to favor. And the Bible said, and the king held out the golden scepter that was in his hands. And the queen went near and touched the top of it. And the king said, what do you want? For every woman designed for purpose, as you are, as you are, as all the ladies under the influence of my voice are, like Esther, there will be seasons when you would get extremely overwhelmed. Seasons of unknown variables in our lives. Seasons of anxiety. At times, seasons of the fear of the unknown. And for everyone, male, female, adults, and the young ones under the influence of my voice, we all fall into different categories of pressure. For some of us, it's the season of lack, like Rachel. This woman lacked a child. And she said to her husband, Jacob, she said, give me a child or I am going to die. I'm going to commit suicide. That was how much that need, that lack in her life meant. It was a matter of life or death. I don't know whether you've been ridiculed to a point almost of taking your life because of a lack, a need in your life. Today, God brought you here so that you can receive hope. Because if Jesus survived Gethsemane, if he survived the cross, he received grace. May God give you grace this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. For some of us, we get overwhelmed because of failed efforts. You've tried so many times. You've done so many interviews. You've written so many applications like the man that was by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. You can imagine trying the same thing over and over for 38 years and failing at it. He had become so accustomed to failure that when the solution arrived in Christ, he kept on talking about the problem. Today, hope has arrived in the name of Jesus for some of us, we get overwhelmed because of unrecognized, unappreciated effort. Like the story in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 15. The Bible said a poor wise man saved the city by his wisdom, but nobody remembered to thank him. Nobody, not the king, not the generals, not the soldier. It can get overwhelming, church, when you keep giving your best and your best does not seem to matter or be recognized nor acknowledged. Oh, forget about, you know, you know, you encourage yourself in the Lord. The reality is this. When you consistently give your best and your best is not acknowledged nor recognized, it wearies the soul. It hurts. It diminishes the excitement to carry on. 
works, like Esther in chapter 2, verse 22. The Bible said Mordecai. Mordecai was a man that he exposed a plot to kill the king. But everybody forgot about it. You can imagine exposing a coup to a nation, the leader of a nation, and nobody, everybody forgot. They killed the coup plotters and they forgot to acknowledge you that exposed and saved the life of the king. If you are the Mordecai I'm talking to this morning, the God of heaven brought you here under the influence of my voice to make you know that he, God, recognizes you. And not just that he recognizes you, he would repay that secret service publicly in the name of Jesus Christ. There are people here that are overwhelmed with sickness. It's like Mary and Martha, overwhelmed with the sickness of Lazarus, their brother. Overwhelmed with the sickness of a spouse, overwhelmed with the sickness of a mother with cancer, overwhelmed with the sickness of a son with cancer, overwhelmed with the sickness of a loved one. Today I stand under God and I invoke the covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ. I ask that that blood would produce healing and divine health in your body, in the body of that relative, that family member, from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. We flush out sickness, affliction, anxiety, depression, the spirit of death in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus would work for us. There are people that are overwhelmed with troubled marriages. Sam Chand said this, and I quote, he said, things don't just go wrong, they start wrong. And he kept on saying it at a conference I attended recently. Maybe there were things that were wrong from the beginning, but you never took care to identify them. Today I pray under God that God would give you insight, hindsight and foresight to acknowledge the errors of the past. To love unconditionally in the present. And I ask that faith for the future be unleashed upon you in the name of Jesus. Because there is nothing that is impossible for this God. If he can raise a Lazarus from the dead, after being dead for four days, if he can resurrect after being dead for three days, God can bring your marriage back to order in the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing impossible for him. There are a few of us that are overwhelmed because our hearts have been broken. We've suffered betrayal and broken relationship. I stand under God and I counsel you this morning by the Spirit of God. Please learn to embrace your worth. Please learn to discover God's purpose for your pain. And please power up your praise. Whatever you need to power up your praise, listening to worship, listening to SOH music, go on YouTube. When you are alone, just play songs that minister to your spirit, man. 
power up your praise in the place of depression. Don't give in to thoughts that make you feel less than who you are. For man might have betrayed you, but God will not let you down. There are a few of us that are frustrated at work, overwhelmed because of too much work, overwhelmed because you don't even have the wherewithal to carry out the assignment at work. I counsel you this morning, receive divine strategy. The Bible speaks of Peter. He was at work and he had a harvest of fish after there was a prophetic word released that cast your net to the other side. He did. And God dropped in his spirit that this harvest, it would overwhelm you if you try to have, carry the harvest by yourself alone. The Bible said he requested for partners. Before now, the wisdom of partnership did not occur to him. But under God, because the harvest had increased, he wasn't now just because at times you just think of, oh, this is my company. It is my own. You understand? And the plan of God is that that same company would become quoted in the New, in the, in the stock, in the New York Stock Exchange. You're becoming a public company and all you can think of is this is my limited liability company, mine and my children, my name and sons, limited. God gave Peter a divine strategy such that this thing is much bigger than you. It's much, you need help, you need wisdom. May God give us divine strategy in the marketplace in the name of Jesus. There are a few people that are overwhelmed because of delayed answers to prayers. The scripture cannot be broken. Proverbs 13, 12 says, when hope is delayed, it makes the heart sick. But the Bible said, desire when it is fulfilled is a tree of life. May God give you a tree of life. May your desires be fulfilled this month. In the name of Jesus. For some of us, we're overwhelmed because of problematic children. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says, train up a child. There are different dynamics to training a child. And it says, train them up. It means it must not be just once in a while. It must be consistent training. What you told Junior in the morning, don't reverse it in the afternoon until he's up and he can stand alone by himself, a mature man, a mature lady. And he says, train up a child, meaning it's a child that can be molded. What you fail to do when they are children you cannot now start doing as an adult. But there is hope in Christ. For those who were not even trained when they were children, there is a God in heaven by the power of prayer that can bring back home the prodigal. If you are married to a man that was not trained up, does not have manners because he did not have a man in his life growing up, you can go on your knees and he would come back home to God because the prodigal can also be called back home in the place of prayer. 
And for some of us, we're overwhelmed because of failed ventures, businesses we tried, immigration interviews that didn't go well, delays that look like denial. God brought you here this morning to receive hope. God kept you alive till the month of April to receive hope. Let me round this up, DCH. Being overwhelmed happens to everybody. The weak, the strong, the great, the small, the righteous, and the holy. Don't ever make the enemy take the joy of making you feel that it's because you are bad. That's why you are overwhelmed. Never feel you are all alone in the world. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Everybody gets overwhelmed. Even Jesus got overwhelmed. David got overwhelmed. Esther got overwhelmed. Elijah got overwhelmed. David, the man after God's own heart, at some point in his life, he said, God, please take me away from these problems. Let me fly, grow wings like a dove and fly above all my problems. Of course, he never grew wings. Elijah, after he brought down fire from on high, shortly after, he slipped into depression. He said, God, just kill me and let me die. Please never allow anyone make you feel it's because of your, it's because you are not good enough. That's why you are going through what you are going through. I stand to correct them. That the reason why God permitted you to go through pain and whatever is seemingly overwhelming you is because the divine glory of God is prepared for a prepared people. The prepared glory of God can only be handed over to a people that have been prepared because the glory that comes from our God has a weight. The Bible speaks of the weight of glory. If your muscle is not prepared enough, if your capacity is not increased enough, you can never stand to carry the weight of glory that God has prepared for you. The Bible says no man goes to war at his own expense. The reason why the enemy has attacked your family, attacked you, limited the manifestation of your husband, your wife, your glory, your success, is because he knows there is something about you that is to be unleashed on the world that he cannot contain. No man goes to war at their own expense. It's because you are precious. That's why they've come after you. But as the enemy are saying that you are precious, so also the one that set you in motion. He's accompanied you with the capacity and the power from on high. God has the host of heaven backing you. He said, daughter, please do not give up. I am your God. It may seem as if I am silent. I am not there, but I am there with the, I'm the captain of the host of heaven. I am with you through the waters. I am with you through the fire. I am with you through the mountains. It doesn't matter how far. It doesn't matter how long you would fulfill purpose and destiny in me in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to know if the battle is raging higher than your neighbors. It's because your glory is higher than your neighbors. God is able 
able to make you overcome all of them, bypass all that have gone past you, ahead of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. At the finish line of life, you will look at them, you will say, God, you've been good to me. It will look like a dream, yet it will be reality. In the name of Jesus Christ, I want you to be excited in your spirit, man, because the game is not over. It is not over. It is not over. It is not over. I want you to tell three people, the game is not over. God is not done with me yet. Tell three people, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, let them know that the game is not over. You are not a spec, you are not just a spectator in the game of life. You are actually a participant in the game of life. And everything God has designed and put together for you, it will come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me wrap this thing up. The Bible says Jesus passed through Gethsemane. He called those people his friends. He said, come with me through Gethsemane. And the Bible said, and he prayed. He said, God, this thing is too much for me take it away from me and the bible says he himself got the word and the inspiration that this cup he said he himself he said my grace is sufficient for you he said instead of taking this cup because the cross the pain the challenge the loneliness you are going through he said, I permitted it. Before resurrection, you got to go through the cross. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. That's why the Bible speaking in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. The Bible said, God said, because which of us, we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Because in his Gethsemane, he received grace to survive the cross. Ladies and gentlemen, instead of running away from purpose because of pain, instead of running away from your marriage because of betrayal, instead of running away from that business, because of pain and disappointment. God wants you to receive grace. Grace, grace, grace. Don't take your life, baby. God is not through with you yet. Committing suicide is not the solution. That idea that God gave you, there may not be any financier right now, but God dropped that seed of greatness on the inside of you because he has provided provision for the vision. He said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The same Jesus that the friends, they were there, but they were not watching out for him. Your friends might have abandoned you and left you, disappointed you. Looking unto Jesus that received grace. It's not time to run away. It's time to press into Jesus. It's time to press into Jesus. Power up your praise. Fire up your faith. Receive grace in the place of pain. And you will go through your Gethsemane in the name of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16, the Bible said we are not giving up. I want you to tell someone I am not giving up. 
Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, the message version. It says, we are not given up because we do not belong to a class of people that give up hope. He said, we belong to a class of people that press on to the fulfillment of that which has been spoken concerning each of us. I want all of us to rise on our feet. My time is up. You are not giving up. Help me tell someone you cannot give up. Help me tell that lady you cannot give up. You are too close to glory. You are too close to destiny. You are too close to greatness. You are too close to your lifting. You are too close to your healing. You are too close to your breakthrough. You are too close to the manifestation. You might have fallen seven times. But the Bible says the righteous may fall seven times, but they are rising up. You are rising up in the name of Jesus Christ. For the Lord God Almighty has his eyes on you. He's got his eyes on you. He's got his hand on you. It's not over yet. Let them keep laughing. The people that laughed at you, they are coming together to laugh with you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if there are people here under the influence of my voice, you do not know this Jesus. It's easy to come to church to whoop and dance and shout and scream. But we would soon live here and it's going to be you alone. There is one like Jesus was left alone because there are places you've got to go through alone. You've got to go through alone. Oh, you think God abandoned Jesus in Gethsemane? No. He had to go through Gethsemane alone. The English meaning of the Hebrew word Gethsemane, it's the place of pressure. It's where olives are crushed. And it brings out the juice in them with which wine that men make merry is taken out. For your day of celebration to be glorious, your olive has got to be crushed in Gethsemane. Woe betides the man who gets to his season of Gethsemane and God is not there with him. Church, that's where the rubber meets the road. Oh, it's every one of us will go through it. But for you to get to Gethsemane without God, who will Jesus turn to? Is it the people that the Bible said they could not keep their eyes awake? They slept. This is why you've got to forgive those that slept off on you. You've got to forgive. You said you, you are supposed to be my best friend. You're supposed to be my dad. You're supposed to be my mother. 
when I needed you most, you slept off on me. You've got to forgive them. Because they were the same people Jesus went back to. And he said, you've rested well enough. The one that will betray me is around the corner. Church, he's able more than able to accomplish what, what concerns me today. He's able chorus again we win at the end <laughs> I need you to go back home sing the song we win at the end go to YouTube type Tommy favored subscribe to our YouTube page everybody listening to me and sing put it in a loop we win at the end that's why we are gathering we huddle together on Sunday morning for iron sharpens iron we step out of our place of huddle, receiving hope and strength, marching on as soldiers that are ready to step on and conquer the world for Jesus. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can delay us. Nothing can deny us. We are able to become all things for Christ. Let's do that song together. We win at the end, church.
of a child, a parent, or a sibling. Maybe you have an immigration court case. You have an application for a new job or promotion. You are trusting God for a new college to go to. Whatever it is, that is your greatest need. I want you to imagine it as we sing that chorus one more time. Just imagine it. So you are applying the song to that situation.
Let sickness fall off. Let demons cry out. Let the rivers of salvation begin to flow. Everybody everywhere. Lord, we receive healing. We receive lifting. We receive hope in the place of hopelessness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jehovah. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Let's shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Do it one more time. If you are here this morning, you do not know Jesus. I'm not preaching church. I'm not preaching religion. I'm telling you what works. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you would get to get some money. The place of pressure. Because your purpose demands it. The greatness ahead of you demands it. You need Jesus to be with you. Your certification will not suffice. Your friends would be limited. I need all heads bowed. Upstairs, downstairs, virtually. I want everyone to say these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. I rededicate my life to you. Take me as your child. Write my name in the book of life. Grant me the grace to live the rest of my life for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.